Hey guys, welcome to The Bottom Half is Red. I'm your host, Baron Longstrath, and I am excited to bring to you a show that is going to give you some thought-provoking discussions. It's going to give you some expert insights to both encourage and some practical steps for how to build an organization that can more effectively introduce the world to Jesus Christ. So what is the bottom half is red? It's all about building a culture of excellence. It's about growing your unique and creative identity. And it's about carrying out the will of God at any cost. So you're going to see that through practical teaching tips, developing a culture of giving, creating branding and marketing, or even methods to help guests feel safe and welcomed. This podcast is going to have you covered. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to take just a moment and extend a special invitation to all of our dedicated listeners. If you're looking to get even more involved in our community and gain some access to some behind the scenes stuff, become a Patreon supporter. And you can find that link in the episode description or even on Patreon, just visit the bottom half is red. Listen, we can't wait to welcome you on board and to share this exciting journey. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, this is Baron Longstrath. Welcome again to The Bottom Half is Red. We have with us in studio Pastor Terry Shock. We're so excited about the perspectives that he is going to bring on a subject that I feel like and our executive producer felt like was essential for this first season. Pastor Terry Shock, he is a man who is a kingdom thinker. He's a leader well-known in our organization. He has been an advocate for seeing families and leaders grow biblically and mature across the world, and he's an essential voice in this generation. Well, he's been a podcaster as well, and so uh, we uh, share a similar burden for getting uh, the message across the airwaves, and what an opportunity to be able to do that in a setting like this. And uh, we couldn't think of a more uh, appropriate guest to talk about this content than Pastor Terry Shock. Brother Shock, we're so thankful to have you on the program today. Well, thank you for the invitation. I always enjoy uh, connecting with you wherever it is. Likewise. This is the first time behind microphones, but uh, this is great. Thanks. We appreciate you coming by. we got a big topic today. What are we talking about today? We're talking about establishing a biblically-centered culture. And um, we believe that Brother Shock's perspectives are really going to help influence our audience. And we're, we're super excited, Brother Shock. We're glad to have you in dealing with this. So it's a broad subject. And what we've done is try to narrow it down to four or five questions. But mainly, we're not necessarily that interested in getting all the questions answered. We just want your perspectives for... Uh, whatever the content is, we want you to be able just to, to expound on that to whatever degree you want. And so no limitations today, out of the box thinking. We want our audience just to have the raw, authentic Pastor Terry shock. Okay. That's what we want today. So we're super excited about it and we're going to dive right in. And uh, I believe that this episode is going to be an amazing journey today. So for the shock, first question here for you. Let me lob this over to you. What does it mean to you to establish a biblically-centered culture in a church setting? Well, I think we have to look at it, and it's at the basic foundational point. 
if, if we're talking creating culture, we know that values determine culture. Right. So we have to look at every value that we're putting across in a church. Mm. And every value must be biblical. Right. Now, now I love this topic. When I saw what the topic was, uh, you know, you look at some topics and it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. But you get into a topic like this and it's, it's, it's the main. If, if we're going to create a biblically centered culture, then as basic as this sounds and as elementary as it sounds, the Bible has to be the final word. Right. Period. The Bible has to be the final word. Period. period. So it's like, if it's biblical, we do it. If it's not biblical, we don't do it. Mm. We kick out denomination. Right. We kick out religion. And of course, I have my own strong opinions about religion. I feel like it's one of the biggest demons that churches fight today Mm. is the demon of religion. Would you expound on that for a second? It's just uh, people are so focused on their religion. It's, It's like... And religions just fight. Mm. Religions just power up under their view, mm. and and so when when you look at this, it's it's like, well, sure, we're going to create a a biblical culture if we can just choose what part of the Bible our religion focuses on. Right? Yeah, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. So it's that, but, but, but at the same time, now at the same time, there may well be traditions that we have that when we look at a biblical principle, it doesn't just come, you know, right out in the Bible and say, you know, thou shalt not watch a movie that is rated right. blah. Right. Okay. So we may put some traditions or some teachings that explains that principle Mm. of set no wicked thing before your eyes or, you know, take no pleasure in unrighteousness. Okay. So, so yes, we have to have a, we have to have Bible for what we do. We come under fire a lot for some of our quote unquote traditions. Right. Well, if it's a tradition that is protecting an obvious biblical principle, but it's not spelled out in 2023 language. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm oh, going yeah, with that? Oh, yeah, I gotcha. I okay. like it. It's good. So when we're talking about if we're going to establish a biblically you know, sound culture, Ray Johnson pastored a church in Denham Springs when he, when he took the church um, it was, it was, uh, 25 people. His son told me this morning by text that he averaged teaching three Bible studies a week for 50 years. Oh my. Well, that's 7,800 Bible studies. Now the church has a membership today of over 2000 people. Just an amazing man. He passed away um, a few years ago, but we had the privilege probably for about a four year span I would minister in their church every year. We'd get to go out and eat. Um, we developed quite a friendship the last four years of his life. He made this, this comment. He said, I speak where the Bible speaks, and I'm silent where the Bible's silent. Wow. 
Because we were asking him, Melanie and I, you know, meeting with him, trying to find out. And and he, that's what he said. He said, if the Bible is silent, I'm silent. But if the Bible speaks, I speak. Mm. The saying that I like to say is, is let the word do the heavy lifting. That's good. We're trying to, we're, we're just, we're, we're interjecting a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we're going to have that culture, if we're going to build this culture, then we, we love everybody. You know, yes, we honor, we respect, but doesn't matter how long somebody's been a member of the church. It, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what position they have. It doesn't matter if it's the pastor, the head deacon, elder, whatever. The, it does not matter. What, what matters is what does the word say? And I'm not saying be mean with it. Right. But the Bible clearly says speak the truth in love. Okay. A lot of people, we take that and we dive right into love. Well, wait, not so quick. Yes, love is important. But what did the front part of that say? Speak the truth. And so, and the truth based on what? The word. Mm. And yes, in love, but first in truth. Wow. And that's, I just, I don't know how we're going to truly build biblical cultures. Without the Bible. Without that. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. Plain and simple. Yeah. Easy. No, the statement you said is just, it's, it's about the Bible, period. Period. That's it. First and foremost, you can't have a biblical-centered culture with, without the Bible and the concepts that are in the Bible. This brings us to, you know, some of these things seem like obvious questions, right? Until you really try to flesh them out. Mm-hmm. How does a local church or ministry flesh these things out? Mm-hmm. So yeah, by and large, I, I might say, well, yeah, we're, you know, we're Christian or whatever. But to flesh this out, like the hows of it, or how do you identify that? Or what is the language you speak? Or you know, whatever the branding aspect is. But these seem like simple questions. But in reality, like you said, you have to allow the word to speak or you, you're silent where it, it doesn't. And that's not easy to do. Mm-mm, no. Because there is a lot of us involved in this where there shouldn't be. Right. There becomes a lot of us. And so, wow, I, you know, I appreciate that. So let's, let's start getting into some of the practical aspects of this. So the challenges and the pitfalls, what are some of the common obstacles that we see in maintaining a biblically centered culture? So expound on that for us, if you would. Well, I think we'd first go to flesh. Mm. Flesh, and then we could go to human will, then we could go to flesh, (laughs) and then we could go to human opinions, Right, and then let's not forget flesh, and (laughs) then we have human preference, and we have flesh, Mm. and we have family traditions. Wow. And we have flesh. (laughs) It's there. (laughs) It's there. (laughs) Then we have religious traditions. Then we have flesh. It's going to be there. And flesh. And flesh. And flesh. Wow. We want to be so in control. We want our way. We want it how we want it. Mm. We are are flesh. And the biggest issue I have, the biggest issue I have between living a biblically sound life is me. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just me. It's, it's that common 
I mean, yeah, you know, of course we could, I mean, we could go off on, you know, time is an obstacle and all this. But I, but when I really just bring it down to the core, flesh is the problem. It's My a- thinking, human reasoning, carnal thinking, human reasoning, carnal thinking. It's, uh, I, I mean, I'll admit it. There have been times whenever I've been trying to prepare a message and I have a thought and then I need to go grab Find, get in the concordance or, you know, on the computer or whatever to find a verse to back up my thought. Right. And it's like, whoa, stop. Wait, 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 wait. Flesh. Flesh. So, I, I mean, the shock, how do, how do we, like, especially this younger generation, what are some ways we can identify over time that we're, this is flesh? Is it, is it as simple as what Jesus told Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is is the byproduct always going to be the byproduct? Is, that as, is it as simple as that? Or are there ways that before this thing, we get too deep in that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, my God, God forbid, 10 years down the road, you know, we don't even realize how far we are. See, that's, there's the danger. There's the danger. We live in a world that celebrates people being a big deal, celebrates, you know, how many likes you get. Mm-hmm celebrates look at me celebrates i've got you know the the at the altar of intellectualism and greater insight what do you have i mean sure the bible just says this but oh come on there's an angle to it that nobody else has ever seen look at me look at me hear me hear me and so if we don't tie ourselves to the basic practical foundational things of the word, then we'll be in the verse of much learning has made us mad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't want to just, I don't want to just hammer the, you know, the same thing over and over here, but, but, but flesh is the issue. Yeah. It's, it's this, this world uh, loves and idolatry is big. And a lot of us, if we're not careful, if we'll become our own idol. Yeah. And there's such a danger. You're talking, my mind just slips into these places where I start thinking about at what point am I standing in front of the glory of God? You know, mm-hmm. at what point am I, am, am I, is Baron Longstreth or the ministry, the church mm-hmm. today, or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever, whatever we're doing, at what point, you know, and is there a way for me to be able to say, is it just an altar? Is it just an altar, Brother Shock? Is that where we go? We go right back to an altar and we just say, Lord, check, check my motives. It's that. It's that. And it's also, I heard Brother Barnes say one time, he said, I can accomplish more on a three-day fast than many people can on 21. He said, because every day I tell myself no about something. Mm. Every day I tell myself no. Um Years years ago, I was talking to some young people, and I said, "Look, just just tell yourself no, period. Just just tell yourself no. You want to go play basketball? You really want to go play basketball? Mm, just tell yourself no and read a book. You want a hamburger? I mean, you can taste a hamburger. You got money to buy a hamburger? Eat a pizza. You say, what's so big about that? Telling yourself no." If we don't tell ourselves no in the little things, we'll never tell ourselves no in the medium things. Mm. And then we're, and we are no match for the big thing. No. 
And so it's that in in our mind. No, no, you won't. No, no, Terry, you won't think that. No, you won't. You will bring that thought. The Bible speaks about every thought yeah. being brought into captivity, into the obedience mm. of Christ. There's the battle. Because if we're continually fighting that on that front, it's like, you know, it's like in the Old Testament, it talked about they set the battle in array. Yeah. That meant they, they chose the battle lines. And we got too many people. We're not choosing the battle lines. We're not setting the lines. And so it's just, we just ooze out everywhere. Our mind goes. And then we're off into, mm. we're, we're off into what's acceptable and, and all of that. And there we go. God only knows where that'll end up. Oh, yeah. It, it's it, it, going back to the first, you, the point you made in the very beginning. It's the Bible. Period. Period. Now, now this is, this is going to sound terrible uh, uh, to some people. Where I am now, if, if somebody is not coming from a strong Bible principle, I don't even want to hear them. Mm. You know, it's kind of like that great, great leadership principle revelation that I finally got several years ago. There are people I listen to and there are people I appear to be listening to. That's good. That's that's how I view the pulpit. Going to be nice, not going to pick a fight, but click. Yeah, I I mean, it's got to be. It's just got to be Bible. It's uh, the words. The only thing that's going to last. Yeah, I mean, people's lives are going crazy. We 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 can't give them whipped cream. It's got to be something that they can lock into and and go home and study and know where to 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 go after we're through ministering. And I think that brings us to this third question, because we're going to talk about just for a second, trying to balance tradition and adaptation. So Mm -hmm. how can churches embrace this ever-changing culture while staying true to biblical teachings? Boy, that's a good question. This is a good one. Now, the word there in the question was contemporary. Mm -hmm. Okay, key word. Now, let me, this is going to sound like I'm veering off, but get, give me a second sure. to, to, you know, kind of take the shoulder of the road and I'll get back on it. Many years ago, I, I started hearing people say this to other people in our particular organization, leaders to leaders, uh, don't leave the organization, let's change it from within. Mm. Don't leave the organization. Let's change it from within. Well, I mean, you know, I thought that's a pretty cool thing. I wasn't going anywhere. You know, I've seen many who have. I wish I'd have had enough insight back then, because if I ever hear anybody say that now, I'm going to say, okay, stop. Exactly what changes are you referring to? Right. Don't give me a general, don't, don't give, don't throw out. Some general thing like that. Let's get real with it. When we're talking about adapting or dealing with this quote unquote contemporary culture, let's not be vague. Mm. Vague is costly here because we can we can talk about contemporary and man, that can speak of uh, that word speaks of modern, current, fashionable, uh, present day modern day when, when when we're talking bringing this contemporary um you know hey air conditioning yes right heat 
Yes. Indoor restrooms. Yes. Uh, indoor heating baptistries. Yes. Padded seats. Yes. Online ministry. Yes. Culture. Mm. Contemporary. Individualism. No. Wow. That's a good point. Okay, now we're in contemporary. We're talking contemporary. We're talking culture. Individualism. That's a big part of culture. If you study uh, American culture, you're going to run right into individualism. So what do we say? We say it's a body. It's the body of Christ. We, we say don't be independent, and we say don't be dependent. We say be interdependent, because interdependent speaks of a body. Mm. So, so a lot of these things in contemporary culture, yes, 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 screens, yes, projected words, yes, uh, you know, practicing the music and, and, it, and it having a flow, yes, 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 all, all of that. But individualism, no. Relativism, no, absolutely not. No truth, just just good points of view. Right. So contemporary, there would be no. Consumerism in this culture, no. No, not, not in the church, not people that come, give me, give me, give me. What you got for me, you know, tonight, preacher? Uh, I don't like that song. I'm not worshiping. Right. I don't like that. Okay, consumerism. So... So when we're talking about how can we bring it in and, you know, you know, I'm all the time blasting people who are getting hung up on, well, back in the good old days, well, back in the, well, everybody has their good old days. Right. I mean, so, you know, the angel from heaven didn't come and say, all right, everybody, everybody adopt that the 30s is the good old day. No. No, there are people that thought the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, 60s, 70s. Okay, so let's get over all that junk. Let's be as relevant as we can be and still be biblically accurate. Mm, That's good. So I'm all for giving where we can give, being in line with, with the day we're in where we can. The Bible's very clear about love not the world, neither the things of the world. And they start spelling it out. Right. So in, yes, we're not wanting to run our churches like we just got off the ark. We're wanting to be in this century, but we better be very careful. Oh, my goodness. And I think you're just leading into the question that I would, I, I think your opinion on this is going to be greatly valued. And that is the leader's role in all this. What responsibilities do pastors and church leaders have in all of that? Really, in the last three questions, what, what is the pastor's role or the leader's role in all of that? All of it. All of it. It all rests. You, I, I, have the privilege, I have the privilege of going into local churches. And yes, I love ministering on, on Sunday. Uh, you know, I love that. But, what I, but, but a major role of mine is the pastoral staff on Friday and Saturday. Mm. Or those. And, and usually whenever I look at a main leadership team, I usually tell them, starting off, this church will move forward, or this church will stall out, or this church will go backward based on who's in this room. It, it's the leaders. And, it's, and it's, not this, it's not this jazz of obedience but not belief. Mm. People will obey for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. People will obey a list of something to keep their golden microphone they get to sing in. Right. 
people will obey. No, no, no. No. When we're talking about biblical culture, obedience is is great. Mm. uh, Belief is the issue. Wow. And so a leader, a leader, it's not enough for a leader to just obey enough to just keep a position, keep a paycheck, keep what? No, it's belief. It's belief. And so if we have leaders that are not running their life biblically, I mean, if we have leaders who are, who, who are not striving, mm-hmm. I mean, I know this is a battle, but if, if we have leaders who are not doing it, the church has no chance. No chance at all. No, no chance whatsoever. I've, I, I know I have probably frustrated some people with this one, but I have said in some teaching and in some churches and at camp meetings, if we're really going to be truthful, what we would say whenever it was time to take up the offering, we would say, okay, you know, now it's time for us to worship God in giving. Would the God robbers come down oh. now and take the offering and after the God robbers come down, that the God robbers are going to lead us some more in praise and worship? And we, I, hope, I hope you God robbers did a good job teaching the Sunday school and you God robbers that are back there opening the door. Okay, you know, no, no. Our lives have to match up, and it's a fight. Right. We're all flesh. Establishing a biblical culture is living it, and to live it is a fight like no other. Mm. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you anything in your spirit that you think that you could leave to this audience concerning this subject matter. Brother Terry, you go ahead. Principle over, uh, over method. Mm. Principle over method. A bi- you take a biblical principle and, and it rules. There is, there's no problem with changing some methods, but it's don't let the methods rule. Don't let the methods drive. When method supersedes principle, mm. you're shot. Yeah. And, and for people, uh, leaders, teach, teach people how to study the Bible. If they don't know about Blue Letter Bible, they need to know about blueletterbible.com. Go on your computer. Anybody can use it. It's a great Bible study. Hey. I'll make a I'll make a personal push right here. Melanie, uh, my wife wrote "Eat This Book." It's fantastic. It's just a great book. She's she has recently come out with a a forty day online uh, teaching that that is just a, the book is expanded like times ten and it's downloadables, videos, and all this. People have got to know how to uh, how to get into the Word of God. Uh, I would challenge everybody: don't read one printed thing in the morning until you've read at least a verse. That's good. At least a verse. Don't, you know, I, I understand that's tough. Some of you people that's got little kids, it's, it's you know, you can't control your time. They're, uh, they're jumping up in, in bed with you and waking you up. I, I get that. I'm not trying to put pressure on, on people with young children. Okay. But man, wake up quoting, get out of bed, quoting a verse in your head. Train yourself that the first waking thought is how big God is. Uh, get the filter of the word in your head. ASAP, and for God's sake, realize the power of the concordance. Mm. Are you having a lust problem? You'll find that in the L's. Are you having a mouth problem? A word? That's M. Right. Are, you know, are you having an anger problem? First letter thou, but hey, I mean, let's not complicate this. Let's get this practically in our life and let's, and let's live a biblically centered life. 
Thank you so much for joining us on The Bottom Half is Red. Uh, Listen, I hope you have enjoyed your time with us today and gained something of value. If you love what you heard today, please do not forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. This helps us. Your feedback is incredibly crucial and we want to improve on what we're doing and to bring you the best content possible. You can find us on Facebook, look us up, Instagram, even YouTube at the bottom half is red. Hey, be sure to check the episode description for any links to any resources that we have mentioned during the show. You don't want to miss out. This podcast is a production of The Church Today here in the great city of Tulsa, and the executive producer is our very own David Tandra. I hope you've had a fantastic time, and we look forward to having you with us again on our next episode of The Bottom Half is Red. We'll see you then.